Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. Well, I believe that I have a prophetic word from the Lord, and I don't say that to pat myself on the back. It's just I sense this word, and I want to put that out there coming right from the gate, that I sense that this is a word from the Lord that he has for us individually as well as a church. And with this word that I received from the Lord, I also received a warning. There are some of us in this room and our ears are stopped up. And what the Lord wants to communicate to us this morning, we will not hear because we have chosen not to hear. So he who has ears to hear let him hear. You'll be challenged this morning to look at this word that's coming forth and think, oh, this is a prosperity message. And because it sounds like a prosperity message, I'm going to put my finger in my ear and I will not listen to that. We have decided how God can and cannot speak. But why would we speak to the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and tell him how he should communicate to us? There is no lack in the kingdom of God, and yet the children of God are operating from a lack mindset. And so as I bring this word from the Lord this morning, I challenge each and every one of us, would we be willing to listen? Would we be willing to listen beyond the area of finances, beyond the area of prosperity? I'm not here to argue any of that. I'm here to say you will have whatever you need for your call. You will have everything that you need. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you have all sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you sow and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians 9. God will see to it that you have everything that you need. But will we adjust our mindset and will we allow ourselves to see with the spiritual eyes this morning? Or will we put a cap on it and limit God? And so with that, let us pray. Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts that are willing to obey and believe all that you have for us, in Jesus' name, amen. So would you turn with me to 2 Kings, please, and we're going to pick up in chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha is on the scene, not Elijah, but Elisha, who has a double portion mantle of a prophetic gifting. As he watched Elijah, his master, go up in the chariot with fire, he received the mantle, and therefore he received a double portion of that gifting. So Elisha is doing great exploits. And in Elisha doing the work, he has an assistant with him. And so what's happening here at this point, it's a really interesting story. And if you go back and read all of 2 Kings 6, it's all about how you see. It's all about what you're seeing. Are we seeing solely in the natural or do we have the eyes of the spirit so we can see spiritual things as well? And so what happens is the king of Syria is really angry with the children of Israel because every time he sets up camp to go and attack, 
the Israelites know exactly where he is. And somebody lets the king of Syria know, hey, listen, they've got a prophet over there. And this guy is whispering to them what you're saying in your whispers in your bedroom. He hears the word of God. And so as we pick up here, the king of Syria and his troops are mounting against Israel and the king of Israel. And we pick up here in verse 14 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Therefore he sent horses, that's the king of Syria, and chariots, and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. Everyone say surrounded. And when the servant of the man, that's Elisha's servant, when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he, who was Elisha, answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, Open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened his eyes, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Now, I want to take you to this comparison this morning as we compare two different kingdoms. We're going this morning to be comparing the kingdom of natural sight and the kingdom of spiritual sight. You see, in this world, this world is void of the Spirit of God. And so, therefore, the only thing that can operate in this world is natural sight. I see it and I believe it. Because lack and fear are all that's provided in this world. In this world, But when we have spiritual eyes, the spiritual eyes of the kingdom, we can actually look out and see as God sees. We can begin to see what he is seeing and what he is saying. So as we press into this a little bit this morning, I want to go back and forth between natural sight and spiritual sight. The problem with natural sight is that it's limited. As I already said, that this kingdom of this world is upside down, and it operates void of the Spirit of God. God's Spirit has been released on this earth, but it's through his people. The prince of the power of the air is working against the Spirit of God on this earth through God's people. But when we lean into that truth, we're able to operate as God operates. Thank you, Lord. So the natural world can only detect natural things, but spiritual sight is not limited. It sees both natural and spiritual. And one of the things we have to begin to understand as we look out over this world is that everything in this natural was first birthed in the spiritual. We live in this life and we think this life is more real to us. We let everything from the outside feed us all day long. And then we spend a little bit of time in God's word. And we wonder why we're gripped with lack. And we wonder why we're gripped with fear. That's all there is in the kingdom of this world. But in our God's kingdom, there is truth that is greater than lack and fear. And the truth is, there is no lack in our God's kingdom. He lacks nothing. And he has deposited his spirit inside each and every one of us if we're followers of the Lord Jesus. 
So when we look out and a situation is staring back at us with lack, and that lack is producing fear, we have a choice to make. Just like Elisha. Elisha did not ignore the natural situation. See, the problem with natural sight is that it's limited. It doesn't have the spirit of God, so it can't see the spirit. It can only see the natural. But go back here. Look at this, verse 16. So he, Elisha, answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. The spiritual eyes have the ability to see the natural, but the spiritual as well. And when that lack starts surmounting and causing fear inside of you, just like it did with Elisha's servant, you have a choice to make. Am I going to come into agreement with lack and fear, or am I going to see what God has provided? Folks, what do you see? What do you see? Do you see lack, or do you see opportunity? What do you see? As I have been uh, studying my, uh, my normal Bible time over the past several weeks has all been in the major and the minor prophets, and I didn't even know why. And I look at these prophets, and many of them, God says, tell me what you see. Son of man, tell me what you see. What do you see? God is looking at us this morning individually and as a body of Christ and saying, what do you see? When you look out there, do you see a wilderness or do you see a path? When you look out there, do you see a desert or do you see streams? Because I'm doing a new thing and I will bring streams of water in the desert and I will bring a path in the wilderness. And we keep talking back to the Lord and say, but there's a wilderness out there. But there's a desert out there. We're living in the natural. What is the lack that we have been meditating on? In our personal lives, a person came up to me first service and said, this is so powerful because if we don't understand it personally, we'll never be able to bring it to our ministry. We're over here. Every one of us is called to preach the gospel. I don't care if you ever stand in a pulpit or on a street corner. We're training in the marketplace as well. Every one of us has a scope of authority and a sphere of influence. Every one of us. And we're called to make disciples of the world. And we're called to preach the gospel. And we're the only ones that can limit what God is doing if we say, no, Lord, not through me. What do we see? What do you see? Natural sight will keep us focused on limitations. Will keep us focused on lack. It'll bring fear. Never in our time. I talked to some of the older people. There was a, a young man in his early, early, early 20s, just graduated out of college. And his friend was on all sorts of antidepressants. And I'm not here to knock antidepressants. But his friend was on all sorts of antidepressants. And they were talking to a man who uh, was about 80 or 90 years old and had fought in the Second World War. And he just looked over at his wife and he said, do you ever remember a time when young people were that depressed, when young people were that anxious, guys, we are living in an unprecedented time of anxiety and fear. It could be partly because we all know it's coming to an end. Okay, there's two things going on here. We know this thing is coming to an end. We know everything burns. And God has put eternity inside of the hearts of man. 
So everybody's starting to stir. Oh my goodness, it's no wonder everybody sees lack and has fear. But we are the children of the day. We are the children of light. We have the answer of Almighty God's Spirit deposited inside of us. We do not operate from a kingdom of lack. God is coming against the poverty mindset. Poverty mindset has nothing to do with finances and everything to do with lack of sight. What do you see? Elisha's servant had a poverty mindset because all he could see was the natural. The second problem with the natural sight is that it's been trained by the world. So all it can default to is what the world has. And you tell me, I already told you, two things that are in the world. All the world has to offer, lack and fear. We haven't been trained by the world. We've been trained by the Spirit of God. We've been trained by the Word of God. This is what we need to press into. What I love about spiritual sight is that your, your financial statement can show you the facts. Your doctor can show you the facts. The relationship, the broken relationship, the spouse that's looking for a divorce can show you the facts as they issue the decree in the divorce papers. What I love about spiritual sight is that in the midst of facts, there is a greater truth. There is a greater truth. Only God is able to take the things that don't exist and make them exist. And when we put them into his hands, he is able to do it. But are we willing to believe? See, as I have been, I joke with our, our school, I could have been born on a pew. I've been in church every single week of my life, my entire life, except a few years of rebellion. So I can probably count on two hands the amount of time I miss church. I, I gave my life to Jesus by the time I was five years old, baptized in the Holy Spirit by the time I was eight years old. I've been preaching the word for about, I don't know, 20 years now since I was 18. And here's what I have consistently seen, no matter what. Two things are required for every believer's life. And do you know what they are? God, tell me what they are. Awesome. You guys are great. Faith. I love it. Yes. Yes. But how does faith come? Hearing what? Come on, baby. Two things required for every believer's life, no matter how many generations pass, no matter how many awesome messages are preached, two things are required. Bible reading and prayer. And not just Bible reading, but Bible believing. I believe my Bible. Okay? There are like three of us that believe our Bible. I believe my Bible. See, we, we have made much ado about faith, and we're like, oh, faith, you know, those faith preachers, man, they just tell you, go out and believe God. <laughs> believe God for what? We have made faith lacking substantial, lacking substance, because all we see is lack. Faith is not void of substance. In fact, Hebrews 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen where, folks? Not seen in the natural, but seen and being assured in the spirit. See, those facts, they're going to stare me in the face all the time as long as I'm living on this earth. Those facts about broken relationships are going to try to speak to me all the time. Those facts about finances are going to try to speak to me all the time. Those facts about health are going to try to speak to me all the time. But my faith is in the word of God because I have seen it and I believe it. 
I'm not reaching out. I'm not reaching out to the someday, the sweet by and by, and maybe God will just show up and fix everything. I have a promise to stand on. Oh, but, but there's sickness everywhere. David said, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Are we really willing to believe the truth of the word of God? But I've seen so much lack, yeah, with your physical eyes. There is no lack in the kingdom of God. So you can't see lack in the spirit. Father, open our eyes. You cannot see lack in the spirit. I don't care what type of natural lack is staring you down. The Bible is filled with it. Yet the spirit always has an answer. So two things that Elisha does here. Elisha actually preaches the word to his servant because faith comes by hearing. And then Elisha prays for him. Do you guys see how the word and prayer always work? The word and prayer always work. God hasn't, is not expecting us just to believe in a God that we can't see and in a cross that we've never seen and a grave that we may not have been to. And he's not just expecting us to believe these things void of substance. In fact, Peter and John, when they wrote their letters, Peter said, we're not writing to you cunningly devised fables, but we were eyewitnesses. John said, that which we have touched with our hands, which we have handled, which we have seen with our eyes, he's the one we declare to you. Compiled in your Bible, sitting in your lap and on your phone, sometimes laying dormant and vacant in our life, is everything that we need to believe. Countless examples of people who were faced up against the odds and yet the Spirit of God showing up like he always does. But will I believe? I ask you again, what do you see? What do you see? Will we be a people that continue to look with natural sight only? What I love about the spiritual sight is you can see both. See, I go before the Lord. I'm like, well, Lord, this is the fact. These are the facts right here. But this is the truth. And I don't care what comes. This is still the truth. You know, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says this, that the eyes of the Lord, again, sight, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, and he is looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Did you know that God is looking for somebody that's got some faith? God's looking for somebody who's actually willing to believe his word. What do you see? What do you see as you look out there? I want to tell you something. There is a major danger in staying only in natural sight. There is a major danger. See, our meditation becomes our reality. Whatever we think on becomes what we speak. And because life and death are in the power of our words, we become what we speak, whether good or bad. You will become your meditation. And so therefore, if you have a lack mindset, if you have a poverty mindset, you're gonna stay in that place of lack. If you have a fear-driven mindset because you only see lack in the natural, you're gonna stay in that place of fear. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth 
speaks. By your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You and I choose to believe and come into agreement with either life or death all day long. All day long. And we choose to come into agreement with either life or death based on what we see. Lord, open our eyes that we would see in the spirit and come into agreement with the truth. I was at the zoo yesterday. It was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful day. And, uh, you know, zoos are great, just like Disney World. They call Disney World the happiest place on earth. And, man, every time I go, like two, three times, everybody's whining, kids are screaming, everybody's having tantrums. And I'm like, dear God, thank God heaven doesn't look like this, man. Everybody's upset. We're at the zoo yesterday, and we're hearing all sorts of animal noises. And I heard this one distinct noise, and I'm like, guys, what do you think that creature is? What is that? The kids looked over like, Dad, that is clearly a little girl sitting in the stroller. (laughs) Oh, Okay, it's crazy. There's animals everywhere. When we look at the natural, we act like the natural. That'll preach right there. That's not even my point. (laughs) So we're starting to leave, and there's a dad dealing with his child, and he just is so exasperated. It's all day long he's spent. He says, you're such a selfish, spoiled little brat. And I was like, wow. And everything within me puffed up and said, I would never talk to my child that way. And then I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear saying, don't you know what's in your heart all the time as you're raising kids? (laughs) You know? I'm like, oh, yeah, how many of us have actually ever wanted to say that to our kids? And every hand in the room went up. And how many of us have actually said that to our kids? Don't raise your hand. But here's the thing. Why did the father say that? The father said that because he was responding to what he saw in the natural. The child was acting selfish. The child was acting spoiled. But here is a distinct difference between seeing in the natural and seeing in the spirit. See, seeing in the spirit does not ignore the natural. This is a big problem. It's a big problem. A lot of people want to just broad stroke the faith preaching and say, oh, you're just acting like it's not there. No, I just have a greater truth. Truth is different from the facts. So when you see in the spirit, you see the natural, but you see the greater supernatural. You see the spiritual truth that exists. So as we're raising kids, I understand that not everybody is a believer and not everybody has Jesus inside. So what do I expect of this father? That's the way we've brought our world to be. Everybody's acting like an animal. Everybody's following their lustful, sinful passions. What do we expect? Judgment starts first where? The house of God. So let's take a look at ourselves. So every one of my kids has made a decision for Jesus, not because I pushed them, but the Holy Spirit prompted them. And I'm not so foolish to think that they won't continue to make decisions for Jesus as they progress in their walk of life. Of course they will. But right now, they have all invited Jesus into their lives. They've repented of the sin that they have, and they are learning to walk in the Spirit. So when I look at my children... I am very careful not to just speak to that negative behavior that I see, but to call out the spiritual man on the inside. That's not who you are. 
You might be acting selfish right now. You might be void. You might feel like you have no control. But guess what? You got the fruit of the Spirit inside of you. Well, how do you know that, Dad? Because I was there when you gave your life to Jesus. And you have everything you need in the Spirit. How do you know that? By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that we should become partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature exists in your spirit. The fruit of the spirit is being birthed in your spirit all the time. So I look at that child and I say, the child says, I, don't, I just can't control myself. Yes, you can. You have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and... It's all there. So let's take a step back. When I want to act a fool, I actually have to realize I have a choice to make. See, we can't teach kids this because adults don't even realize this. We're struggling to teach our kids this because adults keep saying things like, I fell into sin. <laughs> Are you a follower of Jesus? Yes. No, you chose to sin. There is a short, now we're all, come on, man, I know, I'm just saying, we're all guilty and we all fall short, but let's not play the victim when we know we're doing wrong. Let's confess our sin that we may be healed. We don't fall into nothing. We got the spirit of God on the inside. We either choose to willingly obey or willingly disobey. It's a choice, and sometimes it's a split-second thought. However, what do you see? What's your meditation? What do you see? Because you will become what you see. I will become what I see. I will become what I meditate on. It will come up and it will come out of me. All right. So there are three major issues with staying only in natural sight. Because some of you are like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Jesus is coming back. I'm just going to hang out. God's going to call us all. <clears throat> It's going to call us all before this giant seat where we give an account for every deed and idle word spoken. Everything's going to be submitted to the fire. And for the follower of Christ, that shouldn't be fearful. It should be, I'm excited. God, take it all and burn what was all of me in the flesh, wood, hay, and stubble, and let everything else remain that belonged to you. Let all the gold, gems, silver, let it all remain. When we see, there are two major issues here that we don't even realize. If we just hang out in the natural and just wait for Jesus to show up, two dangerous things can happen. Number one, we unintentionally come into agreement with the enemy. If we just stay in a natural world, in natural sight, because this natural world is void of the spirit of God and the kingdom of God is within you, if you just focus on natural sight... Just focus on natural sight. You can unintentionally or intentionally come into agreement with the enemy. Turn with me to Numbers 13, 33. Just flip back to the left. Numbers 13. Now, they have sent out spies to go and spy out the land and to take a look. The children of Israel have come out of bondage in Egypt and Moses sends out the spies to go and take a look at what's going on. He, sells out, he sends out 12, one for every tribe 
And I want you to read their report when they get back. Verse 33 of chapter 13 of the book of Numbers. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their sight. I'm going to read it again. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. Excuse me. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Can you underline that? Can you highlight that? Can you mark it up? Can you make it speak in your Bible as we say at school? And so we were in their sight. There are two lies professed right here. Two lies. And every one of them's a lie. We're going to deal with the last one. They say we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Well, nowhere in the scripture do I see that they went and conversed with these giants. Hey, we're the children of Israel. We're about to show up and we're going to invade your land. And we're just checking. How do you see us? We know you're giants, but do you see us like really itty-bitty ants? Because if so, we're going to kind of delay our coming. No. They didn't converse with the giants. They went and proclaimed what they saw in the natural. And what they saw in the natural was lack. And that lack produced fear. And fear brought in a lie which says, oh, we're small in their sight. They couldn't have believed it if they didn't accept the first lie. What was the first lie? We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Who told you that? Who told you that? Because the last time that I checked when I read my Bible, Rahab comes running out of her little house and says, oh man, we've been waiting. We have heard about the God who had delivered you from a mighty hand and a outstretched arm all the way out of Egypt and we have heard and everybody's afraid. That's a lot different from the report that these faith-filled believers at that time before the cross are professing. Unbelievers can see the kingdom of God sometimes greater than us. Right here. Who told you you were small? Who told you you were like a grasshopper? The enemy is painting a broad stroke lie. And so one of the dangers is we will continue to come into agreement with the lie of the enemy. Now, why would the, why would the enemy want to lie to us? Because there's land to occupy? Because there's something to possess that the Lord has for us? I'm telling you. Everybody's been saying it, and I hope you see it. This mall. Now, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with anybody here or anybody here. It doesn't matter. God will do his work, and he will make it happen. Whether you and I come into agreement and alignment with him doesn't matter, but he'll do it. And he is looking for those who want to come into agreement. This mall is not big enough. What God has planned for this city is not big enough. What God has planned for this region is not big enough. The vision and the passion and the word of the spirit that is inside of each and every one of us individually, it is so much greater. The greater one is in you. Greater is the one in you than the one that's out there with them. But we keep looking at the natural. 
and the enemy has us all afraid. All we see is lack. We're never going to see the kingdom come if we don't start looking from kingdom eyes. Now, here is what I consider the most dangerous one. I've given you three things. The danger of seeing only the natural. Number one, whatever we meditate on is what we become. So we've got to be careful. Number two, seeing only in the natural creates an agreement with the enemy. And number three, seeing only in the natural can cause us to turn to witchcraft when we don't hear the answer from God. This is powerful. Please turn with me to 1 Samuel. Turn to the right now. 1 Samuel. Now listen, put your seatbelt on. At the School of the Spirit, we teach for two hours every day. So hang in there. No, I'm just kidding. We got like a 40 minute. We're coming to a close here, okay? But 1 Samuel, and I want you to go to chapter 28. Now, in 1 Samuel 28, Samuel is dead. Saul is king, but he has lost his kingdom as far as God is concerned. And yet he's still trying to get God to move. And he will not relinquish the kingdom. And so, because he can't hear anything from God, he turns to a medium. I want you to see this. And let's pick up, uh, for the sake of our study, in verse 11. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 11. Then the woman, she's the medium, said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is this form? And she said to him, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed. Folks, you may not believe it, but you hang around long enough, and I will tell you, there are good Christian people who aren't getting the answer, so they think, from God, by the word, and by his spirit, and they're turning to witchcraft to give them the answer that they need. Maybe if I just dabble a little bit over here. Listen, you will open yourself up to something you don't have any idea about. It's not worth it. Why? Why? The greater one is in you. The day is coming when we will join and judge the angels and we will look at Satan himself and say, he's the one who deceived the nations, him? Folks, it's a smokescreen from Satan. What do you see? We can come into agreement with the lies of the enemy. We can come into agreement with witchcraft, but we need to learn to see by faith Because as believers, we're called to walk by faith and not by sight. Final scripture I want to show you this morning is over in Genesis. Now, Abram is called the father of our faith. And so I want to go back to this account with Abram. If you would go to Genesis chapter 13, please. And we will pick up in verse 14. Now, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, no, that's chapter 14, my bad. 
So Genesis 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, north, south, east, and west. For all the land which you see, I give to you for your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. So as if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Friends, I want to ask each and every one of us this morning the question that the Lord posed to me. What do you see? When you look out at your personal life, what do you see? When you look out at the ministry that God has given you, what do you see? When it looks like things aren't working and all in the natural you can see is lack, what do you really see? What do you see? By your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. As you believe, you will receive. Whatever you meditate on is what you're going to become. We are children of God. If we're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God exists inside of us. Everything that we need, we have for life and godliness. And when we look out, and those facts are speaking to us from the doctor, or those facts are speaking to us from the financial statement, or the facts of the text messages of the broken relationship are speaking to us. What do you see? Is it a lost cause? Never with our God, for the greater one is in you. We actually have to start. All that dad had to do was speak to that inner boy, that inner girl. Now, I don't know if that child was a believer. I don't know if that family was a Christian. But what we can do is speak to the spiritual. Let's stop seeing with just natural eyes. And let's start seeing with spiritual eyes. Now, stand to your feet, please. God cannot be limited by anything except one thing, and that is us. We choose, this is a bold statement, but it's true. We choose to limit God yes, when we refuse to believe and come into agreement with what he has. We put the limitations on God. If God wants to do it, and he wants to use a vessel that looks like me, okay, I'm in, God. That's what we should be saying. God, I know who I am and where I came from, but if you want to use me, okay, okay, I'll join in. We have to start coming into agreement. Listen, never, I, I can't stress for you enough, get your face on the ground. Start praying and believing. Start reading, study. Paul said to Timothy, show yourself approved. We can't just read this word. We actually have to believe it. Countless examples are written in here of normal people. We made them saints and they are to be hailed. They're normal people who are just willing to believe an extreme word from an extreme God because his kingdom is different than ours. This kingdom is upside down. We have to see the way that he sees. His is the only one that's right side up. So close your eyes right where you are today. What is the lack that you see? 
What is the lack that you are meditating on? What is the continual lack that keeps speaking to you? What is it? Is it relational? Is it economical? Is it situational from the world? Is it physical? What report has become greater than the word of God in your life? Now, right now, all over this room, if the Lord is highlighting an area of lack, an area that you've accepted lack, an area where you came into agreement with lack, I wanna invite you to come right out of your seat and come down to this altar, and we're gonna pour it out together. We're not gonna have the prayer team pray over people, but just you come. If God is highlighting an area of lack, just come, come right down to the altar. Give me vision to see things like you do. If there's an area that you have put the limits on God, come and bring that down to the altar. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. Lord, you know just what to do. Just take a step forward. Come, come, come close. Come. Forget about me. Forget about everybody. Close your eyes if you're up here. And friends, if you if you can see with spiritual eyes, just like Elisha, pray, pray, pray. Lord, open their eyes. Open our eyes. Open our eyes. So I want you to continue to keep your eyes closed up here. And this is just between you and the Lord. I want you to capture that area of lack. I want you to cup it right in your hands right now. Cup it. Bring your hands together. If you're with, if you're with your spouse, do it with your spouse. But cup your hands together. I want you to see that limitation. I want you to see that lack. And then with all that is within you, in just a moment, I want you to pour it out. Father, we present our limitations to you. We present the areas of our life that we have condemned by calling them lack. When you said there's a stream there, when you said there's a path there, we've called it a desert and we've called it a wilderness. So right now, I want you to pour that out. Just pour that out before the Lord. Pour that out before him right now. just like Elisha spoke the gospel to his servant he said there are more with us than there are with them friends if you, as you have just poured out that lack you need to hear that from the Lord this morning there is more there is more the greater one is in you more so than what is in this world there is more and so, Father, with that word being spoken over us right now, that you would open our eyes. Open our eyes that we would see what you see. Open our eyes. As Elisha prayed for his servant after preaching that word to him, Father, we've heard the word. Now open our eyes. 
If you're standing up here and you've asked the Lord to open your eyes and you've responded to that word, you have to continue. You have to continue in the word that God has given you. And if you were here and God gave you a supernatural word right now, praise God. Run with it. Verify it in the scripture. And if you haven't seen it just yet, keep pressing in. Keep believing. Get before the Lord. Get the word of God that applies to your situation and stand on the word of God. Father, I pray for each and every individual who has responded to you this morning. I thank you that you said that when we ask of you, you're a good father. You give us the thing that we're desiring to understand. If we're asking for the Holy Spirit, you give us the Holy Spirit. If we're asking for wisdom, you give us wisdom. If we're asking for understanding, you give us understanding. You show us what it is. So I pray for the eyes of every individual here that we would all see the way that your spirit does. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hold on to the word that God has for you. Don't come into agreement. Your speech has to change. Your speech has to change. You have to find the word that applies to you and stand on that word, not what the facts are telling you, not what the circumstance is telling you. God bless you guys. Have an awesome day. Keep seeking him. Keep running after him with all that you are. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys, God bless you, and have the best day of your life.